Welcome. This is Stan Lee of Marvel Comics warning you to look around you. Your classmates, your friends, you never know which one of them may be terrorist mutants who plan to destroy the human race. Mutants. I hate them. It has come to my attention that you have a mutant power. He's a mutant, a stinking mutant. He doesn't deserve to live on the same planet as normal, decent human beings. Get away from me, beast. Don't you remember what it was like when you first discovered you were a mutant? Magneto, Professor X. The X-Men. Stop them! Welcome to my island. See the palm trees waving the wind. Welcome to my island. Hope you like me. something Nick? um no i totally forgot to write an intro <laughs> <laughs> um so i think we're gonna be a little more casual this week and i am just going to say uh welcome to hayden and beard an x-men podcast um this week we're podcasters uh and we're normal so <laughs> with me nick is Janos say hello please and uh Kiwi also say hello please hello and we're gonna talk about X-Force number 44 Children of the Vault number 2 Astonishing Iceman number 2 and X-Men Red number 15 not necessarily in that order Mm, Uh, but we are gonna start with X-Force number 44 we're gonna talk about some comics uh I don't know, news-wise, the only thing that I can think of, because I, I, made up, I made up a listener in my head who was getting mad at us for talking about Thor, when it's not an X-Men comic, <laughs> but the new solicits or, like, new covers have been, like, well, I've seen one cover for, I think, Thor 5, and Storm is gonna be in it, she's on the cover, so there you go. It's, I mean, uh, we needed it's all to talk about Storm in. for the important Leo content. What are we going to not talk about Leo's big Thor we debut talk about, as a sidekick? Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, he's going to be in every Immortal Thor issue. Yeah. Um, we, we also had, like, two other LUing comics the same day. Uh, as all these others were released. I, I don't think we're going to talk... Like, we're not going to talk about Avengers Inc. or Venom 25 in detail. I but I uh, haven't read either of them yet. I haven't read Venom 25, but I did like Avengers Inc. quite a bit. I, I caught up with... Well, I didn't caught, catch up with just, like, with the current arc of Venom. Uh, and 25 is... Like, it's a, it's a super... It's an ultra-sized issue, or, like, a big-sized issue. Uh, and it's... I mean, it almost works as it's, like, self-contained issue because it's just a venom and doctor doom adventure so yeah the setup and the like doom stuff in issue 24 was very very good so 
them. It's just uh, I haven't read like. I think last week I said I was like getting off the comics thing back into movies. Mm-hmm. I went to see like four movies in the cinema last week, and then uh, didn't didn't read any comics. And, I have like, still not watched shit the all movies weekend. since then. Yeah, I've been just reading a shit ton of comics this week. <laughs> but I liked. I think Avengers Inc. was very cool so far. Very promising. Um storyline with this like weird vision guy showing up i think it's gonna be a good series i'm excited to read more but there's like i don't have much more to say about it. i just thought it was cool yeah i have no idea how if it's gonna be like a six issue or like a 12 issue and like i don't think it's gonna be like a like a whole thing like a whole huge thing but it's a it's a fine did, did, did either of you read the like wasp mini that you wrote before yeah, because no. he, he had the Ant-Man one and the Wasp one. I actually have both of them. I bought them. Uh, oh, I remember you collected. posting about them, yes. Because, um, yeah, they have the cover is really cool. Yes, I saw just the cover like, cool, yeah. Really, really nice, like, sort of graphic design-y covers. Um, yeah, the, the Wasp mini was cool. Um, and, like, did more with the Wasp than I feel like I've seen in... A decade of reading comics because yeah. she just doesn't seem to get to do a lot. Yeah, and it seems I'll like s- it seems like Elle enjoys the character because like this is a this is a wasp comic. Like, don't get fooled by the title. This is a wasp solo, basically. Does it have a uh, young wasp? I forget what her name is. Um, no, it's just Janet so far. It's like re- really leaning into her. Like it's it's comics about comics without being comics about comics thing where like it's leaning into her history of having like named the avengers and um being there when all of it started and yet being such an overlooked character that's also in like the wasp mini a bit like it's a bit about that in a way where it's like yeah he's he's doing his thing of continuing a story in a different book that he's always doing yeah absolutely yeah Sounds good. I also read Werewolf by Night, number one, which I thought the art for was super sick. Like, the story itself, pretty straightforward. Is that a one-off, or is it, like... I think it is a one-off. I hope I'm wrong. I didn't look it up, um, but it said there's going to be, like, a a fantasy, like, a dark fantasy um, anthology series coming out soon Mm -hmm. um, from Marvel, and it said that Werewolf... uh, by night will return in that one okay oh, okay so i think it'll yeah. be continued in that series maybe but i don't know like how much but they literally just go to like a haunted house and fight a vampire it's him and elsa bloodstone who's his longtime fling and um like they have they fight vampires while they flirt with each other and then he transforms back into a human and he's like shaggy looking like he has like a long beard and long hair and she's not into it and they, so they part ways <laughs> like she's into Aww. the furry beast man the whole time but she wants a clean cut human um but the art is sick because it all looks like it's done in pencil um and then like specific things that are red are like sin city um are done in colored pencil but elsa bloodstone's character is done in colored pencil the whole time 
at the beginning, her scenes are fully in color and then it transforms to her being in a black and white environment when she's interacting with, with the werewolf. And it's all done digitally, but like with brushes that are meant to mirror actual pencils and it looks really sick. Yeah, sounds cool. I'm it's, just checking uh, the uh, Marvel.com release calendar to see if there's any other like one-off uh, Halloween-related stuff coming out, <laughs> like similar to that. Yeah. I don't see anything yet. Like you kind of assume the like it's it's a bit okay. There's gonna be Cap Wolf number one. That's probably also a one-off where. Captain America is a werewolf. I think that's a character from like maybe Nick Spencer's run. Um, I think that's an existing character. Okay, yeah. Because there's is there's he a, a member bunch of, of like America's the about. Dark Howling Commandos deal where it's like magical fighting, uh, like that undead characters. That one big guy with the bowler yes, hat. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It. No. There's. There's a bunch of Halloween stuff, because there's another one called Crypt of Shadows, which seems to have uh, the Hulk, Daredevil, Daredevil, uh, Deadpool, and the Scarlet Witch. Um, okay, that's a team. And they're all in front of a haunted house. Alright. Okay, no, I think... Yeah, this, I, I'm looking at the solicit for this, and this is basically just like a Halloween anthology. Oh yeah, Crypt of the Shadows number one. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm seeing the advertisement right here. Um, the other thing I keep seeing advertised or like was all over the books was Spider Boy number one. Is that anything? Is Spider Boy no. number one anything to us? Because to me, no, it's it's explicitly it's them, nothing. Them making a thing that <laughs> nobody cares about and trying to make everyone care about it. It's what's his, Dan Dan Slot. He he's been. Oh. They finally got him off Spider Man, and then he just came back, and now he's doing this. Yeah, they put him on like a different Spider Man book, right? Like not Amazing Spider Man, just like regular style. Spider yeah, he just Spider-Man. has his own his own side of Spider Man to do whatever mm-hmm. bullshit he wants to do. Uh, there there's a <sighs> bunch of Halloween stuff actually. There's also one that comes out like on the week of Halloween called. Hallow's Eve, the big night. <laughs> Hallow's Eve is a Spider-Man character from I see. Dark Web. Um, she's Ben Riley's girlfriend, and she oh, has she has okay. literally the power to put on Halloween masks and become like those things. So she has like a ghost mask that makes her invisible, or she has like a witch mask that lets her do spells. So she is fantastic. Like, yeah, she's the Halloween like character yeah i started reading dark web this week too but i only read like the first carnage issue of it and then i started that spider-man and i was wondering who that character was yeah she's kind of just from the like spider-man beyond which is the run before uh the current amazing spider-man um which is actually very good yeah, there's gonna be there's gonna be that, and there's also gonna be a Marvel Zombies um, that has a Wolverine on the cover. So there was a Wolverine in the Marvel Zombies we saw this week. Yeah, there was. And Children it, of the Vault and the Children oh, of yeah. the Vault. Yeah, <laughs> they 
fight the Marvel zombies. Yeah, this one is gonna be another anthology by a bunch of writers. So uh, I don't think we're gonna need to do a Halloween episode uh, if one of these anthologies like turns out to be really cool or something. If uh, but there, there there's not even like a mutant on the cover of Crypt of Shadows, so. You know. Yeah, no, I think the X office is probably not doing anything for Halloween this year. Other <laughs> things have taken precedence. Is the fall of X. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh I, I guess we can talk about X Force then. I've been like stalling to like do like <laughs> quick other stuff because I this X Force is where we're back into like Benjamin Percy wheel spinning. Like he had one issue where he decided to finally let like make shit happen, make things happen, and now it's back to just cool-looking art and uh, and just completely fill up plot. X Force Forty Four by Benjamin Percy and art by Robert Gill, Domino Sage and Black Tom gather intel hoping to figure out where Colossus is and where the rest of X-Force are being held captive. Mikhail tries to convince the Chronicler to stop writing Colossus' story and target a member of Orcus instead, but he refuses, saying it might be dangerous for Piotr. Um, And that's like half the things I wanted to say about the issue. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the kind of like... This is kind of an issue where the like B plot is the A plot, I guess. Like yeah, it's... it's mostly Domino doing fights. Yeah. It's very like we're we're writing an issue of a comic, so it has to have a fight in it. Yeah. Um which is exactly the reason like this is the the best selling comic for Marvel is mm-hmm. because the people who want to fight in every issue get what they want. I mean, it, yeah, it feels like a like a session of like a D and D campaign or something, where it's like, I guess let's just like fight these guys. I think it's very weird that they they do like three different things with how like Russian is presented <laughs> as like like they do the sign translates translation no X. Yeah, there's a sign um, that says net and then a big X. Uh, and then there's a there's a there's an asterisk and says sign translation no X um, in case you didn't put that together. I don't even like is X a letter in Cyrillic like or is that? I have no idea, but uh, it would sort of make sense as a symbol, you know, a universal symbol in this world. Yeah, for X Men. Uh, I but guess then... there was like a note, uh, like an editor's note. To, to to the script that people would not understand this. Um, if it just says yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, that's definitely uh, this is the most popular comic so we gotta assume our audience is a little dumber thing. Then there's also later on, there's the usual thing of, like, you know, the angled braces or brackets around text and then you know the asterisks for translated from russian and then the next panel after that is domino in speaking in cyrillic and it, then it has asterisks thank you 
it's like why do you need three different ways of presenting like the russian language and all of them are different like it's just a weird choice and this is like two panels like next to each other yeah it just reads weird like when yeah it's when she knocks out the like masseuse or the laundry lady i guess i don't yeah I, it's I don't just know. like but I, also it's, like it's not the, a big deal the sign but... on the door is not translated like that's just that's just there in cyrillic so it's really i mean it's whatever it's it's just yeah uh, it's no, just you're the thing right. that stood out and i was like why did they do it like this um yeah, uh, like her her tree arm and her like jumping about stuff is kind of cool. Yeah, the action scenes are dope, but it's like would be nice if this was a little more substantive for at least the character on screen because Domino hasn't had like any like she gets a little bit of like um I don't know. She gets a little bit at the beginning um, where she's like, is X-Force even worth doing anymore? And then Sage talks her back into it. But like the only character with motivation in that storyline, or at least like not motivation, but like complexity to what um, they're being presented as, I feel like is Sage and then later Black Tom, because like we get to see Sage um, kicking her alcoholism and her like clinging to x-force for like some level of stability um but domino is just there to fight yep. yeah and she was like briefly there to discover like uh piotr's secret secret in the last issue yeah like but that was like the one the one hook to her character or like the one thing about her character was that She's also Russian. And that was like the one thing. So she has to have the connection with uh, Colossus. And I don't know. And she was all, she was tortured at the beginning, I guess. It's just been like all of Fall of X, like all the minis are so like go, go, go yeah. season. And, and then X Force so is still slow. just like stretching itself so thin. Yeah. I wish we had some me in in between some somewhere in between this which i guess is what red and immortal are right now um but those are the big plots so i kind of wish we had like a a lighter b plot that wasn't i don't know yeah you're right it's also heavy the x the x force plot should it should feel more important right like, and it was that at the beginning, like, when the whole, like, uh, beast stuff happened, uh, it felt like, oh, this is a huge threat to, uh, to Krakoa, that there is this, and the world, that there is this, uh, horrible mutant CIA, uh, and, you know, Colossus is being mind-controlled, like, it, 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 it should be a huge deal, but now, like, all the other like the orchestra stuff and everything has escalated so much that all the X-Force plots like barely feel important anymore. I, I like 
Mik- Mikhail just seems like a fucking loser now because he just like <laughs> missed his shot. Mm-hmm, I know mm-hmm. he's just trying to pivot, and it's like, man, you had the like longest running, like successful scheme against the mutants against Krakoa, and then you just like waited five minutes too long and blew it, like. The way Benjamin Percy pulls this off and makes us eat our words, right, right now, is that this is the, like, the end of the B plot in the overarching what is this X-Force series. Um, They take Mikhail off the table and then they're able to be reunited as a team just in time for Beast to come back and be, like, the biggest threat he can possibly be in whatever form that is, you know? But... I think we have to, we have to get through Sabretooth War first oh, as well. Oh yeah! Though. Oh my God, Sabretooth War could could be that threat. We, it doesn't I mean, that's gonna be, but to that's be gonna beasts. only be the issues of Wolverine. Like, they're still gonna be, isn't it? Or is X Force gonna I be on? Was, I thought it was between the two, but I could be. It's gonna be ten wrong. issues, but it's gonna be issues of Wolverine and Sabretooth. Oh, like, okay, okay. Uh, and not Our, Wolverine yeah. and X Force. Uh, but it is possible that X-Force is going to be on pause. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, but that would then require this plot to resolve before that, right? Yeah, I, I, but I wonder how many more... How much more can we do with um, Mikhail when he has He's just so four boring. members of the team locked up and the Chronicler is at the end of his ropes with this motherfucker? And so Cyclops, and he needs a way to end Cyclops' story. I think I think we are only going to get a few more issues. I mean, yeah. with Benjamin Percy's speed, a few more issues could be 10 or 15. But... <laughs> yeah, and I guess they're selling really great, so they're not gonna, like... Ideally, there's, like, four or five more maps. Krakoa is gonna Mikhail. be, like... Uh, completely like over and uh it's gonna be you know we're gonna go through the fall of x the rise of x uh krakoa is gonna be rebuilt and torn down again and then rebuilt again and tom brevor takes over and benjamin percy is still gonna be on this book yeah yeah no i could absolutely see that (laughs) (laughs) and it's i mean it is frustrating because he is like i don't think benjamin percy is a bad writer like he has written good stuff like even in this series like in yeah there's X-Force incredible books in here yeah it's just someone needs to like when when this is all over someone needs to like compile like a skip list for yeah like, it needs X-Force a dragon ball z tie edit yeah. where they just cut out like 25 percent of the bullshit yeah that would help i do think it's really funny that uh Russia also just has like a Wolverine skeleton that's in a robot body. Like every <laughs> everyone, everyone has a Wolverine else. skeleton yeah. these days. <laughs> like the, there's one in Dark X Men. They're in Immortal. There's like Beast. There's here. Um, I mean, I guess there's one in Children of the Vault too, the zombie one. Yeah, but it's just well, that's like from a different world. Yeah, but it's still like everyone just has random Wolverines <laughs> yeah. they're using to like. <laughs> It's not, Fuck there's, the there's X-Men. so many, like, there's already enough Wolverines, like, as, like, characters named Wolverine, and then one of them just, like, there's a ton of him. 
<laughs> yeah. Which I guess is what Beast wanted or what Beast did, like on purpose. But, yeah. I mean, now that Laura is also like, um, God. Oh, there's the... also two of her. Yeah. Well, and every time they die, they they just leave their they were just leaving bodies behind for like a while and. Wolverine and Laura are two of the most common characters to die and be resurrected, so like, there's gotta be fucking skeletons all over the place. It makes sense, and it is kind of funny. You know? (laughs) I'm I'm sure people are just buying, like, Wolverine genetic material left over from Weapon X on the dark web or whatever, like (laughs) I mean, I guess there was that whole arc of X-Force that was about or was it, it was Wolverine, probably You just don't want stock and adamantium right now, because it's like, the price is plummeting, because there's so much (laughs) Wolverine skeletons popping up. Yeah, it's Proteus he's just, he's fucked up the whole economy by making all these new bodies (laughs) Uh, I, I like the little bit of Black Tom we get here uh, oh yeah, this is like the most sane he's ever been. Even before he was like merged with Krakoa, from what I've read. Uh, I, I've, I've always liked that he just calls it the veg. The, oh yeah, like, that's great. The, the plants and stuff. Um, that's just it's the first time he's really come up in a while. Yeah, and then he's just like, oh yeah, I'm not like a weird like combined mind with a uh, Krakoa anymore. I'm just like a normal weirdo. <laughs> Even in the Claremont issues I've read with him, and like he talks about himself in third person, so hearing him say I is wild. <laughs> yeah. Man, yeah. I mean he just he's, starts he's out like a stock villain, like in uh in the in that like early arc when they go to Ireland and Black Tom and Dragonaut are there. Yeah, he's literally Banshee's evil cousin. Like, yeah. He's v- very much a stock archetype. He's just, like, evil and Irish, and those are his two things. And yeah. boyfriends with Juggernaut, I guess. Yeah, boyfriends with Juggernaut. Uh, yeah, I don't know, like, this, even though, like, there's a bit of the, like, a plot of... Um, of the Colossus mind control here with the chronic, is it chronicler or is it the writer? It it's the chronicler. Okay, I, I for a second I was like, wait, chronicler was uh was King Killer Chronicle? Am I mixing that up? Um, <laughs> but yeah, like even that like is wearing so thin at this point, <laughs> like. Yeah, I mean, I think ultimately, like we're we're going to the chronicler is going to write. Colossus having a heel turn against Mikhail back because that's what the story makes sense and it's just he has to build up to maybe this character needs to be building up to it so slowly in order for it to work this is me making up an excuse for the story to be slow right now um (laughs) so that Mikhail never realizes like that those seeds of dissent are being sown um but it's it's a slog to read so (laughs) Alright, let's do the next book. I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to just, like, meekly complain about how it's kind of slow. One last thing is just for the narration of the Chronicler at the end, they, like, letter it differently, and I think it just looks bad. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just a bad choice of font. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, they've, they've been using this, like, all along. Yeah. I like Sage's story. I like uh, Quentin's deal right now was interesting, but n- neither of that's, like, taking much of the page, and that's gonna be my... Yeah, they both get, like, one page. My final thought. <laughs> Astonishing Iceman by Steve Orlando and Vincenzo Caratu. Orcus sends the elements of death to terrorize Bobby's hometown, and he returns to fight them off. Romeo pulls him back together after the fight, but Orcus are able to track him back to the Antarctic base. Um, and that's all that happens. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's a very simple plot. We do get like a flashback of um, Bobby being hounded by mobs in his hometown. Um, before, uh, like when he's a teenager, all the way back, and then he presumably hasn't been back since, um, and the guy he froze that started that whole mob justice is now the mayor, um, and Bobby did it because he was assaulting, um, a friend of his, but even she turns on him. In, in seeing his mutant powers. So, like, the the bigotry is thick in this Long Island town. Yep. Yeah, it's, uh... I... Because, yeah, I think, like, this, this is an attempt to sort of, uh... resolve Bobby's, like, home life stuff a bit, because I know he... Like, I feel like anything I've read, he has never really gone home, or it's like, you know, he, he has the bad times when he goes home, but, I, like, the ending note here is, like, no, his mum does, is proud of him, does love him, and, like, I don't know, it almost feels like, okay, and now we can move past that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, please um, forget about the stuff from the movie. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Um, it's just in the movie they, uh, it was the first time that, uh, it showed up that Bobby's, um, family was, like, bigots. Okay. And they do very, uh, direct, like, gay parallels. Was he already gay at that point? No, he was not, no. He, he has, like, a romance plot with Rogue in the movies. Oh, cool. (laughs) But they they do the have you tried just not being a mutant? Yeah, uh, and then it's yeah. This <laughs> astonishing Iceman is like fine, like this is a perfectly fine comic. I just like this is the most mid to me out of all of these like X books where I just have no like it. It reads. It's a quick read. It's an easy read. But this is like a comic that I would like not spend like five ninety nine on or whatever they cost. Like on a single. Like if if I spent money on this, I would be like, "Where's the value? Like, <laughs> what do I get out of this?" Yeah, I mean, this is like the uplifting, like fun storyline, um, at least for now in the in the lineup. Um, and it's a very like. It's kind of the most comic-y-ass comic of all of them, because he's very Superman, he's a little bit Batman, and he's a little bit Spider-Man all in this story, because he's, like, got his Fortress of Solitude with um, his boyfriend looking after 
the place in a very like person in the chair way and then you still get the thing that holly's talking about a lot with miss marvel being like spider-man but here with bobby where even the like elementary school students he's saving hate him yeah which was like kind of (laughs) funny yeah and like the the ending the like his mum saying he's proud of she's proud of him and stuff that all like really worked for me it's like a yeah nice i guess it's just like are you looking for the fun light-hearted series mm-hmm. um or do you want the more like gripping in depth well i guess we were at the other end of the spectrum with x-force and it's like yeah edginess i think i just don't really like Iceman. like i just <laughs> he is kind of a boring character but like, I don't know, it's nice to see, like, positive gay representation, and that's, like... Sure. I think what, like, what they're selling here is just, like, a lighthearted romp, you know? Yeah, it always feels bad to be, like, I don't like the gay one. Well, if you're looking <laughs> but... for depth here, though, there's, like, there there isn't, you know? it's It's as basic as you can get. They're going to literally, like down to which elements interact in this way with each other. <laughs> yeah. It was cool that he built that big ice spire into space um, with helium in it. Yeah, that was a cool like use of the power thing. Yeah, I like when they show off that he's like an Omega um, and how powerful he is. Um, but also like that takes away from the stakes a bit. And I think the the ultimate storyline in this series is going to be about his relationship with Romeo because you get the bedroom scene where uh, Iceman does not want, or Iceman is asking Romeo to define the relationship and Romeo does not want to do that. He's just like, is, isn't just loving you enough? Uh, like, do we need a label? And I think that's what the story is ultimately yeah, going to be which about, I, like, you know? <laughs> I feel like... Is this a, is this a dumb thing to like? Is this, this is really a, a problem? Is this, this, a, is this, this an actual is problem? Rom-com, so. Is this an actual problem people have in real life? To that you, here's yes. Is this people an actual problem this people problem. have in real life that you pull someone like back to life several times through wow. the power of love, <laughs> but you still can't say yeah we're boyfriends? Like it's it's not such a big word. Like I don't know. I don't I don't see that. Like, it's not like, nothing's gonna be like, you know, if you say that, okay, we are in a relationship, or we are a couple, you can still break up, like, you can still end it, like, I don't know, it's not, it's not yeah. like, it's not gonna tie you, I always feel like, when, when, like, rom-coms or, like, relationship stuff, like, makes a big deal out of this, I'm, I mean, the same thing with the, uh, will he ever say, I love you back to me, is is a similar thing where it's like I feel like I feel like Hollywood makes too big of a thing out of it I don't know I think there are a lot of people that are in like committed relationships they don't want to be in and I've definitely been in like not this specific situation but similar ones that I find like relatable here you know where I was kind of being the shithead who who wasn't ready to commit um, and stringing the other person along, like with, like unintentionally, I think in for the most part, or like not consciously, 
not necessarily unintentionally. I think that takes away like the onus of me making mistakes. Regardless, not digging into my personal life too much. There are relationships like this that I've like seen or experienced where you do love the person, but there's something about it that's not quite right. Mm-hmm. And you want the plausible de- deniability that Romeo is trying to get here of being like, well, I'm not ready to commit so that like the problems in the relationship aren't real, you know? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just. I, I think yeah, the, sometimes the label versus not label is read. a very easy writing way to display that I see, problem yeah. that is I not true to mean. life. But I think there is an underlying issue here that once they get past the bullshit of how they're setting it up will actually become a real thing. Like the actual issue the relationship has is that Romeo has way too much control over Bobby. You know, there is an imbalance in yeah. control. Yeah, and also Bobby at the same time just, like, recklessly dies all the time. Yeah. He doesn't... He is not caring about himself yeah. enough in this relationship um, or in his own literal reality. And so, like, I think that's what is going to become the interesting thing, but I think we're having, like, a... Like, a comics are bad at pacing stories issue. Um, and also, like, this this story is is very much leaning on a lot of tropes to prop itself up and that was a bad one to grab you know just like frame it in a more realistic way get into like an actual um like humanistic way of talking rather than like like not even like the whedon speak but just like (laughs) movie speak in terms of like how you're writing characters and i know like when you're you want everyone to be saying the perfect thing or the right thing or whatever but like maybe this was like editorial softening up like some shit and making it be more basic but i I think anything it's but it's weird because uh how do i put it i think this is a story that would work better in like a in like an ongoing series to me yeah, where you have like, like space to explore that. the relationships uh and where like for for an ongoing series i'm like yeah give me the lighthearted adventure right like i don't need uh, every issue to like feel like a gut punch or like be like heavy but like for knowing that this is gonna have either four or five the jury is still out on that one issues um for that it feels like okay so you need to make something happen here i mean that's the big issue with us going from like event to event to event is like there's they're not giving enough space for um ongoing series to have these kind of stories in them so when someone wants to tell that kind of story we are missing out on the context of like okay who is this character right now who has he been because we the most recent Iceman we've gotten is like the marauders right yes and he's just kind of hanging out being a fun guy there he wasn't yeah. really getting a lot i think there there you might be some background noise here got hoovering in the next room 
but um, <laughs> that's okay. I don't know if it's coming through. I think our audience can can take some Hoover in. Hope so. Yeah, I think this story. I mean, the Iceman, like the the Bobby rises to the challenges and like realizing his potential story is something that would have worked better in like Donna Rainovax, I think. Uh I don't I don't think this is like the tone that works for me on a mini within Fallovax. Like but at the same time obviously it only happened because he died at the gala. So uh <laughs> I don't know. It's uh I guess it's how things worked out. Uh, for them I just like it is weird to say I wish it had more issues for something that I don't particularly enjoy <laughs> but, yeah I think it, it, it could benefit from just having that bit of extra room to, yeah I'm like I, I like I say I'm still having a, f- a fun time reading this and like um I enjoyed this issue more than I did the first one mm-hmm. and like um I think some of the setup stuff at the end that like uh sort of making explicit that yes Orcus will come after the inhumans as well uh like um and that we have just this this weird evil man who's like experimenting on people and they're like oh, oh yeah Orcus, the cleaner. Uh, we, we didn't we wouldn't even need to pay this guy he'd just do it for free yeah um <laughs> And that the next issue is going to involve the captain of the rails, who is um, from, uh, there was like a time when there was a bunch of Captain Americas or something, and he's like the Captain America of like homeless people, is my understanding, or sort of like, there's some, like, he's of, of like travelers. Like not, not travelers in the way that I would use them, that word, in Ireland. But um, people who are, uh, you know, traveling around the rails and stuff, mm-hmm. and the idea of of like, um, Orcus again, Orcus coming from for another marginalized group, um, because they're fascists and they'll come for like they'll come for everyone again eventually um he's also a trans guy um and i think steve orlando might have been involved in his creation in some way so that could be a connection too all all i actually know about him is from there's like a, one issue of a love Unlim- one of the love unlimited comics it was like the start of an arc with him and i uh didn't I, I didn't actually read it so i just <laughs> i know he's he's gonna show up next uh, he's like teased for the next issue is that the cleaner i think they're no it's um the like captain of the right or like the very end oh the is, guy with the beard uh cool running the rails and then there's like the cover art for the next guy oh the, okay the next cover he's got the like, oh yeah, yeah yeah i see i see shield and the the tattoo I like the data pages, how they're written. I think uh, Pequod 
uh, is really coming through as like a personality in those. And I think um, that's a, a good setup for, I guess, a final villain if he confronts Bobby directly. Yeah, it's a cool setup to have a like to have the next like mini villain be set up as I do not love even thinking about this man like said by the main villain. Like that's always fun. Yeah. It's just a good it's a good like here's the most evil man who's ever existed and we're just gonna spend a page talking about him and like it works. Like the disgusting man. Like the guy that the the cleaner that the that the act the evil guys even hate associating with right like that's a that's a that's a cool trope um he's dexter though he's just on the page he is he's he's <laughs> yeah i guess i haven't seen i haven't watched dexter so i've only watched like the first like five episodes <laughs> and then i didn't like it and i stopped watching <laughs> All right, I do. I, I do enjoy this more than uh, than Orlando's Marauders, though. Still, because uh, at least I understand what is happening. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's it's fair. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree with that. <laughs> do we want to move on to our next book? Yes, let's go vault mode. Yeah. Uh, so, Children of the Vault number two, uh, written by Dennis Camp and with art by Luca Maresca. Uh, Cable and Bishop kidnap Martillo 131, a member of the Children of Tomorrow, and psychically interrogate him to find out what exactly the message is uh, the psychic infection. Um, Bishop retrieves supplies from a secret armory under the X Mansion, and with the information Cable extracted from Martillo, they prepare to attack the vault directly. It's it's sick. Uh, this is a great yeah. series. <laughs> yeah, it's really fucking cool. I'm kind of bummed this one is only four issues. I would love I to read 25, at least. I really hope they get Dennis Camp back yes. for other stuff. Yeah, I mean, if Marvel, if Marvel isn't completely... If they, if they don't completely lose their minds, you know... They they want this guy on more. I I like. There are plenty of things in here, uh, same as the first issue, where it feels like uh, he is having fun writing stuff in the Marvel universe and like getting in the little bits. Like yeah, went to the, went to the fucking baseball field in in the X Mansion. Like ev- everyone who writes the X Men wants to do something there. Oh and, yeah, uh, absolutely. This is it's a wild contrast too to the uh, just a few issues ago uh Kitty went to the X Mansion in Yes. Um in Yeah, X-Men. they both went there to pick up their supplies. Yeah. Orcas. Yeah, but I think when she went it was abandoned and now there are Orcas people there. Um and I think this... she did it on the night of the gala, so they probably hadn't got set up yet. Yeah, and the Bishop is, this scene is just like stunting on that scene, though, because the whole (laughs) sequence of him, um, like, absorbing energy, reflecting energy, and explaining how he's doing kind of like a dance with it, all while he's just kind of like walking smoothly past, like, these threats and to his own arsenal is 
it's incredible. It's it's my favorite it's part of so the issue. Cool. And like it is a good contrast to the interrogation scene that Cable is doing. Like we are getting like good spy shit on either end of the spectrum. It's a book about because it's called Children of the Vault, and it's Dennis Cap manages this balancing act so well of having a limited series that has a bunch of new characters with new powers and also this central duo and he leaves enough room to see the children of the vault do their shit and he treats like both of these parts of this like dynamic duo of Cable and Bishop uh, with like enough respect to like He's just showcasing, like, how both of them are, like, sick as fuck, right? Like, both of them doing, like, really cool shit with their powers. And even just, like, having Bishop have to go to his own arsenal itself is, like, a big storytelling moment about the two characters' dynamics. Because Cable has, if anything, a bigger arsenal. And he could just give shit to, to Bishop to use... And Isn't it Cable's like, arsenal under the mansion? Or is it Bishop's? It's Bishop's. They establish it's Bishop's. They are... Cable is, mm, in the previous no. issue, showed a, a safe house that he has. No, this is this is also Cable. Uh, Cable's hidden weapons cache is below oh, the old baseball mind. field. Because, yeah, if, I had if Bishop a really had this, great point based on earlier. that misunderstanding <laughs> that you guys will never get to hear now. Uh, but that's okay. <laughs> but that that scene does such a good job as well of, it's like, dope. just doing a cool thing with the powers. Yeah. Like, I've, I think I've said this before, but, like, one of my, like, I think superhero media outside of Marvel and DC often does so much cooler things with superpowers than the sort of limited tool set that it's all just like punch or punch but better in some way or you know mind control because it's x-men and like i mean like bringing look at shonen manga or like shonen anime right like oh yeah um like there's there are so many ways and that's that that was one of the reasons that my hero academia was so like cool to me when i first read it was like here is something that is obviously inspired by western comics and is like using that same sort of uh toolkit but is doing the cool stuff that i wanted that i always want western comics to do but they just don't quite um and yeah this is a really good example of like yeah here is a, a way that he can use his power that is like extremely cool and complicated and difficult and also he's just pulling it off and looking cool. <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, and then Cable does this whole like uh what is this like mental infiltration uh psychical interrogation which is just the cool like this is such a huge swing for like uh for for a first time marvel author to be like yeah just give me like a whole like 
sequence of what the the inside of this guy's mind looks like. Where uh, now, one thing here is it's directly this is the new X Men. Yes. Uh, when when uh, Jean and I think Emma go into Professor X's mind, it's the same imagery of like the stairs down to a shore. And then, like, the island in the middle of the, like, Red Lake as, like, the psychic, um, what the psychic area looks like. And they do it again in Giant Size Storm, one of the, like, Hickman things at the start of Krakoa. So it's, like, another thing where it's, like, this is sort of an established thing that Dennis Camp is just, like, getting the chance to do, you know? And doing a very cool version of it, I think. Yeah, yeah. I loved this scene. I thought I thought it was a sick fight. Um and it's like I don't know. The hammer's dumb though. <laughs> I will say the hammer's the handle on the hammer to me is dumb. Um, yeah, I'm not a fan. <laughs> but I guess it's like chill for the villain to have kind of a dumb weapon every now and then. Like yeah. it makes sense, especially when he's a fodder villain like this. I I I really like the little bit of like tragedy at the start where like he is one of the children of the vault who uh doesn't want to destroy humans Mm -hmm. and he is like admiring humans and he's the one that like bishop and cable choose or were able to find or whatever yeah he just wants to dance he just even at the end like when everything else about his like personality is stripped away all that's left is is a is a dancer, is a ballerina, and then and then Bishop or then Cable eats it. <laughs> eats the ballerina. Yeah, like Bishop and Cable kinda evil in this. Oh yeah. In like oh, yeah. a, a cool way. Like I mean if there's any you know, there's that that's what that like it, it feels very true to their character. Yeah, they've they've always been it, like ends justify the means sorts of people yeah um and you know they're they are right about like the children of the vault you know taking over the entire world and stuff so the ends do kind of justify the means this time yeah we get a lot of interesting like information on the data pages about like the philosophy of the children of the vault philosophies i guess because there's like two factions traditionalists and i forget what the other one was called uh it's like archivists? elevationists elevationists um and like they both have uh the same ideology like they both have the same or like they want the same goal of just owning the earth i guess um but they want to go about it in different ways but okay so the the evolutionists, they want to spread the message, which is the plan that they actually are going with as the children of the vault. And we're seeing them um, infecting the minds of humanity in order to fall in love with them. Um, and that's why they're acting like superheroes. It's it's all propaganda, right? Like, that's a good parallel, kind of like Marvel looking back at itself in the story, um, because... We know the U.S. government funds 
movies they fund helped fund several marvel movies and like that is just propaganda and this entire universe has a huge history of being military proper propaganda propaganda yeah like yeah how many times do you need to say propaganda until it like stops being a real word a real word yeah (laughs) the fall of x will get us to that point (laughs) but we also see they have like kind of um like it's a we see a bit of the flaws in the ideology because they keep wiping themselves out to recreate themselves as a new generation um and in that process like they don't get to live at all like these these are creatures that believe that they are like the betterment of like the world or the world is is blessed onto them to to reap what they will from it um but they also like don't have the sense of like self preservation that mirrors the individualisticness that is coming through in their ideology which is very interesting yeah it's like do, do they even know what they'll do if they win like or like if if they do earth they'll just go on to the rest of the universe and then it's like if they ever do actually take over everything what what then there's no like actual ending that they seem to be that they would be happy with you know yeah it's it's kind of going back to like cable and bishop being willing to do things that they shouldn't because the ends justify the means to them um where here like what are the ends for these people to even justify yeah it's just they they believe they should be on top basically and that's like but there's no real like it's it's been so many thousands of generations that they don't even understand why they want it nearly yeah which is just really cool sci-fi bullshit the like the, the thing where it's like oh yeah capitan is like um named after the conquistador from like a millions of years ago it's like it's like mythologized the real original humans to to such a degree that like yeah they're they're just disconnected they just don't don't consider themselves anywhere near them i love their um their robo krakoa like giant supercomputer the robo (laughs) krakoa tree from like in the council that they have yeah. that's like purple with the white the white mask it kind of looks like a sentinel it kind of looks yeah it looks like if uh, it looks like if a cthulhu were wearing the phantom of the opera mask <laughs> yep nailed it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's just like really like this mini just explores so many uh, cool ideas that you you know you sometimes struggle to find in mainstream superhero comics. Yeah, there are themes here. We're there not just themes. punching for the for the sake of punching. Um, yeah, and we're not just like storytelling for the sake of um, like re-appro- re 
consuming stories that we've we've consumed and enjoyed and when they're in the punching, past. It's here, still, you know? When they're punching, it's still very cool. Uh, it is still, still very cool punching. when they're punching them. And it's like that, that's the funny thing about this is like for a for a book that has like themes and uh, you know unique sci-fi ideas, it still ends on this panel of like Cyclops in his full like Rob Liefeld like just like fuck ton of guns on him. He's he's back to the nineties. Yeah, it's like pure pure nineties cable. Like oh, did I say cyborg? Also- I was gonna say cable. Why did I say cyborg? <laughs> I have DC on my head. Um, and like Bishop being absolutely loaded up as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. And like. Also, they set off a nuke. Yes. <laughs> I, I don't think you should do that, guys. <laughs> That's how, yeah, they, that's how they get rid of this guy who Cable Mind uh, travels into. I just watched a movie about how that's not a really good thing to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's just funny that the, 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 their, like, final, like, the final, like, uh, cool moment or, like, the thing that, the, the to-be-continued moment is let's just shoot as many guns as we can on them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, like, you know, it's, like, like in a knowing way, like, in a, in a way where, like, the, uh, the, the, the writers, I, like, understand the, like, you know, understand what, like, people want from, like, action comics. Yeah, it's... Still- it- you know. It's we've we've spent the last two issues doing like our wrestler intros, you know, they've been beefing um, and we have been led to understand both sides ideologies as best we can made our decision on who we follow here into the the big punch fest. And now we get to the big punch fest, hopefully in the next two issues. <laughs> but like, I'm sure there will be more explanations oh, of yeah. those like and more directly in contrast as they're punching each other. Yeah, I I kind of wonder if like we get, do we get well I think we like the 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 vault will probably continue to exist as like a threat, but I do wonder if we get like a truce of some sort or like the vault um because like Serafina and there's the the uh, whatever the the good faction is called, they don't. We still don't know what their like goal end goal is after the message has like taken over everybody. But they don't seem to want to kill everyone at the minute. Yeah, it seems like they're implying it's domination, but I guess it could be something else. But I just I wonder if we do get like any any children of the vault coming out of this as just like ongoing characters um i feel like it might be like there there is the possibility for that to happen and cable and bishop just destroy them because they're a threat that need to be taken off the board maybe um and that'll be a bit of a like uh you know um uncomfortable moment or something about how this ends but uh I'm really interested to see where we go. It is kind of a, a self-defeating lesson if they just wipe them out entirely. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's kind of like hey, I, I, what <laughs> you know <laughs> I just looked at uh, you know because I was just like looking if like Dennis Kemp has like anything else like going currently and I didn't see anything about what there's things about but but the the main thing is there's there's one tease on his Twitter that could be interesting where he says and for people hoping cable would address hope with a capital H issue three so oh we're gonna oh, see yeah. yeah that's that's his daughter I feel like he's just like you know whatever it is is like either either she's dead or she's out there and she can handle herself. Like that—that that would be his attitude. She's an adult and is taking care of herself. Like that's—that's that's kind of seemed to be his stance on all of what she's up to. Yeah, I do. I I look forward to seeing how that comes up, though, because it'll probably be cool. All right, are we? Uh, just uh, Cable saying, I'm from the future and you're not there. Yeah. Sick line. Sick line. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't really have anything more. It's, I mean, it's kind of meaningless because like in there, like, I mean, it's, it's cool that he says it, but like, you know, it's not how, not how time travel works or whatever. Yeah. Uh, like, I think, I think they said like a different thing about how like, or one of the or the guy he interrogated said something about uh about oh you're from the future um like you see that humanity has i don't fucking know i don't remember what it was i don't know what my point is <laughs> well it's like they, they it's a consider cool line. themselves to be yeah. from the future as well yeah exactly but like just in a different it's like he's from the future on like the x-axis and they're from the future on the y-axis or something mm-hmm. like just came out of different ways. Uh, X-Men Red 15, uh, written by Al Ewing and art by Yildere Sinar. Genesis attacks Port Prometheus from the sea as all of her other attacks have failed and she needs to open up a new front. Using a giant mutated monster as a sacrifice to distract the Brotherhood, she is able to open a giant Okara gate and bring the rest of her forces to Arako. During this time... Fisher King and Zylo's newly combined form remembers the time spent resisting Genesis in the prisons. Fisher King origin story. Let's go. Let's yeah, go. this was sick. We know who he is now. And he's Yeah, he's no longer nobody. nothing. The, like, six-year-old child telling a weird brain monster to, like, scar my brain so badly nobody can ever read it again is the sickest shit like oh yeah that was incredible what is his name as a brain as a Azazoth, the dark or what is he what is the mind, the ripper. mind ripper as is the mind ripper um that is one of the best designs i've seen in a hot minute <laughs> he is so fucking cool and terrifying just a Huge brain I mean, this with a is... bunch of mouths on him. Yeah, and I don't want to get. Obviously, the artist deserves the credit for it, but uh, echo echoes of Immortal Hulk, though. Still. Oh yeah, it's very similar, like body body horror. Yeah. 
there's also there there was a guy i actually had to go back and check because in the big battle scene last uh issue there was a guy with a giant brain uh, but he didn't have any mouths he didn't have any mouths on the brain well, maybe so. they were just shut maybe it's like you know maybe that says us off <laughs> or maybe it's his like grandson or something or is uh, yeah i guess it's been like, a long time since the yeah, prisons, this is right this is a guy from this is the uh working out at the library guy but the <laughs> big brain also has teeth and like multiple like br- brain veins teeth like all of the things that are like kind of fucked up to look at um it's if i were this child i would be like scared the shit for, uh scared shitless of this Yeah, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be going near him. I I would not be good at being the Fisher King. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think I could make it on Arako. I'm I... too too afraid of a life that ends. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I I don't envy this. I could. I don't want to. I could try. I'm willing to try. I don't want to. <laughs> Do yeah. not want to uh, get the hang of it. Lose your wife and uh, yo. If my wife sacrifices herself faster than I can, <laughs> I'm so mad. I she, she better haunt me because I have to talk about this. <laughs> and then and then your daughter calls you like a, a loser right afterwards. Yeah, it's just it's a rough day. It's a rough day. Yeah, that that was so mean of her, like, come on. Yeah. He's been through a baby lot. Weapon, baby weaponless zone. Yeah. At least, uh, I mean, it does, yeah. I I think she's a, she's a bit allowed. Uh, you know, get, getting someone killed yeah. and then, you know. Yeah, I mean, anger's one of the stages of grief. Like, that's more yeah, than valid, true. you know. Maybe they apologize later, but probably not. <laughs> no. I think she's still angry like 20 years later or whatever it is. <laughs> um, I... The narration here for the, like, memory bits, where it's, like, in the present tense, mm-hmm. it's like, I am six years old, da-da-da, um... I think it's interesting that that parallels with uh, um, during the like axe issues uh, when Lactuka is like letting Storm see everything, and she is like, "I am, you know, Sunspot fighting off people. I am Nova uh, above Port Prometheus and stuff." And then there's the same thing here, which is like because Zylo is like history but all of it is constantly there and then like lactuka is space but all of it is constantly there um i don't really have more to say than it's interesting but i think it's cool (laughs) that they're both sort of functioning in the same way but on like different in different directions yeah i mean a lot of comic storytelling is really just like all you can do is point at it and go hey that's neat like that is a lot of just like what criticism is sometimes um 
Uh, it's also have either you read uh, the book of the new zone? I know you, Janusz, you were gonna. No, you haven't started it. I I was gonna, but uh, I did not get around to it. Uh, so it's like a fantasy uh, sci-fi book uh, set in the like millions of years in the future, and uh, the main character is called Severian, and he has he claims to have a perfect memory, and he sort of he does, but sometimes he's stupid about it, but. The way that it he talks about it working is that sometimes, like, if something makes him remember a time, he doesn't have a choice but to, like, go back and re-experience it in full. So, like, sometimes he's just, like, in in the story, which is written from by him, he is, like, just walking along and he'll see something and it'll bring back such a vivid memory that the story just goes back to you know, years ago when that happened and he like has to tell that story and he he talks about being able to get like locked in loops within like one memory leads to another memory and stuff like that. But that feels very like what's going on with Zylo here, which is like, uh, in trying to communicate with Fisher King, he's just being forced back to these memories, even if he doesn't want to, and he's like struggling to stay in the like uh in the here and now because he has to like he he's things are reminding him of these these old memories that are now like completely fresh because of how Zylo's power works because Zylo presumably also has like a perfect memory i just again i think that's neat <laughs> Yeah, it's like in Fahrenheit 451, how the narrator becomes unstuck in time. Um, also, we find out that uh, if if Solem wants to, he can shoot blanks, which is really funny. Mm-hmm. Solem is a <laughs> is a nasty pervert, uh, re- real fuck boy. <laughs> Taren being like, you you don't have to spell it out. I get what you're saying. It's very. It's funny. almost like they've had this conversation before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Taren was probably like, you go down there and you get some samples. <laughs> However, you have to. The, I, the, kind of skipping around a bit here, but like also that Taren is like, says he doesn't fear a life that ends, but then when. Magneto finally, or when Magneto gets the helmet around him, he yields, he does fear. And it's like, oh yeah, he he is not properly of Araco. You know, he, he, he is sort of a false person. Or he's like, doesn't actually conform to their philosophy, even though he's like claiming to here. Um, but obviously, you know, he's a villain, so he would <laughs> say shit like that, but... We still have to talk about what's going on with Genesis's forces, too. Yeah. Genesis seems quite nasty as well. Um, yeah, she's doing a war crime here. Yeah. This is a war crime, for sure. <laughs> well, doing hashtag war crimes. And, uh... uh they, they got the centrist man to say it yes. was okay beforehand, <laughs> so now it's not a war crime. 
It's the, yeah, the like, a, way the law works is so funny. There's a guy with two wolf heads uh, is his name and Lycian? he's a centrist. Lycian? Because, yeah, like Lycaeon or something like that. Uh, and he always knows the truth because he has two heads so he can find the middle way between them or something. Yeah, and he's um, he's the Omega Wolverine, right? Yes. I believe we've talked about him a couple times already. But they debate over whether or not, and it's like a false debate because Genesis is going to be right no matter what. So they're already out at sea, and they use this character, Sadus Exotica's blood, to transform one of... What is this character's... Uh... The ocean character. Sobinar. Sobinar's yeah, fish. One of Sobinar's fish into a giant fish monster. A giant swamp thing. Yeah. Yep. Which I think is is also another, like, character we know but Omega. Because this blood guy feels like Korra of the Burning Heart. You know, she has her, like, energy that can make people more powerful. And he has, like... One drop of blood is enough to turn a normal fish into a, a Godzilla. Mm. Like, yeah, who was that annoying guy from uh, Legion of X? <laughs> He's the one who could boost powers, know. like he boosted Nightcrawler's powers to get to Mars. His oh, moon. oh, um, Fabian Cortez. Yeah, this is similar to Fabian, is just in a different way. Yeah, well, Korra was, like, his replacement. It's also similar to Necra. No, not Necra. Infectia, who we saw in The Dark X-Men. And I just read her X-Factor issues, where she kisses yeah. people to make them into, like, fucked-up zombie guys. Uh, yeah, the, the, like, law maneuvering here and the, like... We we all have to go to Aura Serata to like who who has like the final word on law, which means that as long as Aura Serata is on your side, like you can do whatever you want because laws change. Like Aura Serata broke the laws in um, Legion of X by bringing back gods uh, in issue thirteen or whatever. Whenever Genesis shows up, Aura Serata says. Or it's like they look around to see if any laws have been broken or to decide whether any laws will have to be changed later to to make what's happening now breaking a law. It continues to be interesting how much Genesis is like bending what Arako is in the name of Arako. Obviously that's like in in the in she wants her own stuff. She doesn't yeah. want like their version of Arako. Um yeah, specifically so she can regain control over the society. And she'll, in order to wrestle it back from Storm, she's willing to do a shit ton of war crimes. Well, <laughs> one war crime so far, but she's willing to go against her traditional beliefs in order to gain an edge in this war. Yeah. Uh, it's like... An annihilation still having influence even though Genesis like thinks that she has control um 
the oh um do you just uh, chat about the rest of the like backstory stuff um the like <laughs> i i have nothing and, and with enough nothing you can do anything these words are nonsense <laughs> words but she just accepts yeah. them and is like yeah, yeah she's like i cool. can't not fuck this guy <laughs> He's gonna be such a delf later. Like, <laughs> um, but it is like all the time he's been talking about having nothing, and he has always had like his wife. He's had the other like um, Caesar of the Smokes or whatever you pronounce her name, uh, like the other member of the Night Seats. He's he's had like these reasons to fight. And, uh, like, the idea that he has nothing seems like it's just a a way of protecting himself or pretending that, uh, like, he has nothing to lose. When, yeah, it's a defense mechanism. Yeah. When he's always had things to lose and he's always had a, a purpose, but being nothing uh, is his way of ignoring those things in order to keep fighting for those things. Yeah. Um, um, I, it's just a uh, real, real shame when it's really cool that Genesis is just like, oh yeah, there's, there's, there's flora in your gut. And that's, yeah. all, that's all I need. Yeah. yeah she's like, like cause everyone, th- everyone thinks it was, that nasty pervert solemn who betrayed us uh he would but never like but this is like after after she killed her wife right uh Zor- zora his uh his wife was disintegrated into a skeleton yeah and they were almost gonna like, kill their children and so yes. they both they had to both volunteer to go first and fisher king was making a big speech Zora cuts him off and volunteers first yeah yeah and then Genesis is like oh and by the way it wasn't even that guy it was the it was your own microbiomes who betrayed you it was your microplastics <laughs> it's all the microplastics it's the lettuce you ate yesterday or it was the 5g in the air that betrayed you you got nothing that subway sandwich you got last week that ham was actually turkey and now it's <laughs> microplastics that's that's how they get you that's how they get you yep um yeah, I don't. Don't eat. Don't eat that subway. Um, it's nasty stuff. Eat where you want. I mean, I eat subway every once in a while. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I I I think they had the like court case here a few years ago where they had to like legally call their bread cake or something. Because <laughs> um, that's it had too all much bread in America. In that's um, just American bread, yeah. Yeah. Um. Back in the present, we get Peepers Watch. Peepers is here. Peepers prevailed. We have it's one panel. So of funny. Peeper. 
it's so funny that he just like instead of like having scanners or anything they just have peeper go stand outside <laughs> and look like <laughs> that's so good yeah he and hairbag were on the, the what is it peep? called the the keep yeah uh, and they're rebuilding it entirely by themselves, but he uses his supervision to see what Genesis's forces are up to. Mm-hmm. He's an ally. Getting Xavier is <laughs> now son. getting Xavier is now a term My elderly for, son, like <laughs> g- going into a portal against your will and ending up who knows where. So that worked out great. Yeah, I think this is the second time we see it, but I don't know where the first one was. I was, uh, I think we talked about it last yeah. week. I don't remember either. Um, and another, another like storm is just the coolest. Like <laughs> that's like making making an iceberg yeah! like out of the thunderstorm and slamming it through the the monster's head just like yeah like what what holly was saying last week which is like the problem is storm just shows up and solves every problem yeah (laughs) genesis's forces end up using storm fixing everything against them and that's how they're able to get the portal into the lake into the bay they're fucked because they rely on storm too much Yeah, well, it's like someone someone was gonna kill that monster anyway. Yeah, yeah. And like, Storm just did it quickly, quick as quicker than anyone else would. Oh yeah, absolutely. But I think maybe had they been working together more closely before then, there would be someone by her side at that point, like Sunspot. Yeah, well, sure. If it's it's like if they'd had another two minutes. Yeah, Fisher yeah. King slash Zylo. Zylo and Fisher King are still learning to communicate with each other, though, about like what the fuck is going on. Yeah, I mean, if it hadn't, if they, if if she hadn't had grown the Ocar portal, the comic wouldn't. Oh happen, yeah, no, so. that's not what I mean. <laughs> I just mean like yeah. these characters have like these characters having flaws is cool. Yeah. And, like, a power being a flaw is also interesting. Yes. Yeah, and if you're looking for, like, hidden symbols and uh, meanings, uh, if you look really closely, Okara is a racco backwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if you think about it, it also has the letters for Krakoa in there. They, they try to hide it from you. We we can figure these things out. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I guess that's it's... the issue. Uh, yeah, we got a ton of scary guys coming at the end of this. We have all the guys that last issue. They were like, "It's weird that they're not here." Yep. Oh no! Now they're here. We're gonna lose. Yep. How do you make a war last only for five issues? You bring <laughs> all the giant forces in on a giant fishman. Yeah, yeah the cover um, of the next one has all of them. 
So. And John Ironfire's skull. Oh, in Death's yeah. Hand. Poor guy. Rip. Um, I think uh, Death does have, like, uh, he, he did the dancing with Storm during X of Swords. Yeah. And also, I think... They were horny for each other. In um, Storm and the Brotherhood, uh, the Sins of Sinister one, when they show uh, Arako fighting back against the Sinisters, Death is fighting with them, like, on their side. Which either implies that, like, the Genesis War happened there and Death sided with them afterwards, or, you know, Death got out from Amenth his own way or something. Uh, but just like for- foreshadowing watch I think death might end up sticking around afterwards maybe <laughs> yeah I think people want more death I think there's a little bit of a push for that like in that new mutant arcs where they went to other world because death was ruling that vampire country in other world yeah I forgot about that yeah I'm a little curious about how death got here, but I don't think that's necessarily something that's going to be answered. Yeah. Or maybe that's in the like X-Men Unlimited thing where uh, Sunspot was going to, or who was going, someone was going to find the like uh, Arako or like Red Root, the person who could communicate with Arako. There was something going on there. Um, I didn't read I that. Yeah, I didn't I didn't get there either. I got like halfway through X-Men Unlimited and then I sort of slowed down. I got to where X-Men Green starts and then I was like, oh, I already read this <laughs> and then I did not go back. <laughs> yeah, that's that'll happen. Um, I haven't X-Men read Green any stuff, of yeah. that shit. I should read X-Men Green. That sounds great. I read the most recent five issues because they're about all the the X-Men elect that got killed and, uh, and each of them got an individual story before the Hellfire Gala. Yeah. But for the most part, they were a little nothing. They were a mix whether or not they were good or not. Um, I really liked Cannonball's one the best. He saved some people from a flood. It was It was pretty nice. It was nice to see them doing hero stuff. Dazzler got to go to the Grammys. Good for her. I feel like in the Marvel Universe, she probably has like more Grammys than everyone else combined or something. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do we want to go into like yeah. other books we'd recommend? Or I don't even have much of a recommendation this week. Yeah, what else do we, what else do, we do on this podcast? Okay. <laughs> what else have you guys been reading this week? This is also the time that Kiwi, if you want to talk about movie tangent, and then we'll wrap things up. Um. Well, actually, I have two recommendations. One is uh, not a anything you read, but uh, Auntie Donna are a Australian comedy group. Uh, they've had like a couple of shows they do podcasts they do like youtube sketches and stuff they're very funny and uh they had a live show in dublin that i went to on saturday that was also very funny and it was a really good time and uh i think they're just pretty neat if you want to just listen to a funny podcast or watch some 
very stupid, funny skits uh, on YouTube. Check them out. And the... Oh. Yeah, I love Auntie Donna. They're great. Um, It was really cool to see them live with like the VIP thing. So you just come in early while they're doing a sound check and they're like, they were just like chatting to people and answering questions. Um, But the only other comic I read was uh, Savage Town by Declan Shalvey. And I don't remember who's on the art actually, but it's a comic set in Limerick in Ireland. Uh, written by Declan Shalvey, who like lived in Limerick for a while and is Irish, and uh, it's just like a sort of 120 page like crime guy gets in over his head a bit, and then some some sort of Coen Brothers incidents happen. Um, it's a bit like sort of nasty, grimy, like Limerick, uh, as a place that for a long time had a like reputation for crime and uh not not being a great place uh which is is less so now but it's just a cool story and it's like very the dialogue is like phonetically written in a way that actually reads as like an irish accent to me instead of the like whatever chris claremont uh bullshit or like what everyone else does but like I can read that, I can read this and be like, oh, I'm hearing the accent perfectly in my head, uh, and obviously that just comes from being a person <laughs> yeah. who has like heard a lot of Limerick accents. But uh, it's very cool, and it's just I haven't read very much that's like set in Ireland or made by Irish people, and it's pretty cool. Nice. Uh, I've. I've been reading a lot of DC. Uh, I, I I like DC now. I like DC comics now. Uh, I've been. I my my current like. Uh, project I guess is to figure out. What is going on in DC? Because uh, they're in the middle of like a year-long like publishing initiative called Zone of DC uh, where they roll out new titles but like some of the titles still carry over from the previous era so it's it's not as much of a clean start as you'd think but it's in a pretty interesting place I got some really interesting creators on it um, and I mainly been reading the stuff that started like before and carries into this uh and my favorite thing i read is robin which is uh a series focused on damian wayne batman's son and it's the first arc of it it, it takes place at, robin goes to a or damian goes to an island called lazarus island and there's a tournament there uh where which is like a death turn a, a death battle tournament but uh if you die you get resurrected but you can only die three times and there's a whole bunch of other like super assassin hero uh, villain characters like one of them is uh the daughter of like some other DC super villain it's the point is, 
it has like that real like shonen tournament arc feel <laughs> that like Hell just yeah. makes it like really fun uh damien works really well as a shonen protagonist um so yeah it's uh the first act is the tournament and then the second act still takes place on that island and then I stop at the point where he goes back to Gotham but I will pick it up again once I like done like my tour around the other DC stuff. Uh yeah, I read Defenders of Beyond this week which I thought was pretty good but a little heady. The high concept stuff when it hits it hits but when it doesn't it's kind of a little boring, like jumping through a furnace to get to the white hot room was not interesting, but when you got into the white hot room, it is interesting. I also read America Chavez, the uh, America Chavez Made in America, the miniseries where she loses her interdimensional hopping powers, and she learns she has a sister she didn't know about. I thought it was pretty good, but it's... I, I think that comic on its like own is perfectly fine, but I hate that the the I hate that retcon for yeah, Chavez. It's very I don't know how I feel about it. I've been thinking about it. I I am on the fence. I think it makes her a much more bog standard origin. Like she gives her a bog standard bullshit superhero origin. Which is not something I'm interested in, but it also makes her being the pseudo flag character somehow make more sense to me. Um, so I kind of like that aspect of it, but I'm not positive on like all of it. But I just read it essentially for the context for Defenders Beyond, which I read for Loki. Do it for Loki. And then I've just been reading a lot of Claremont stuff. I just started Excalibur yesterday. Oh, nice. So I'm one issue into Excalibur. I really enjoyed Fall of the Mutants, especially the regular X-Men story within it. And, like, after Louise Simonson takes over X-Factor, it gets really good. I'm a little less hot on her takeover of the new mutant stuff that's happening right now. Because I think they're being given kind of boring storylines. Well, not that's happening right now. That's happening where I'm reading the book. So, so like, in the fall of the mutants is when Doug dies and Magneto starts to become evil again. And uh, it's his as his reaction, and I think that's lame. I wish the character didn't have to always have all this growth undone over and over again. And that's the first time that happens, so it's kind of like a bummer to read a little bit. I love Artie, though. Artie and Weech, they're so great together. Like, Gateway just got introduced, and they're officially in the X-Factor. Oh, nice. Or, they're officially in the Outback era. Mm-hmm. That's still, like, pre-Inferno? Yeah, Inferno's or... the next big event, because I was just listening to the Gossamer episode of Cerebro they put out, 
and it's about literally the arc I'm about to read that's right before Inferno. Uh-huh. You're like probably like at least two thirds, if not deeper, into Claremont run at this point, right? Like it was a it was a long run. It was like sixteen years. I figured out it's like kind of the best comics for me to read while at work. Yeah. Because I can split my attention pretty easily between um like paying attention to what I'm doing and um the comics because they are a little slower and a little more repetitive like they're adult media being disguised as children's media i was trying to read defenders beyond last night at work and i was like this is not happening there's no way i'll have any idea what's going on yeah and arguing stuff like even even reading uh children of the vault at work that was like I was like, no, I'm gonna have to read this one when I'm at home. <laughs> uh, and like X Men Red yeah. is like the same, uh, the same thing. I could easily read Astonishing Iceman at work. I'm proud of myself for reminding myself to read slowly because I used to just uh, devour comics yeah. rapidly, and I think that's why I can't remember a lot of the stuff I've already read in the past because I just read through them way too quick. I I am like that's like one of the exciting things about this podcast is that I read issues like two or three times yeah. and then I look back at them so I actually do remember everything that's happened for the last like couple of months <laughs> instead of just being like oh what uh, two issues ago what the hell was happening like it just like leaves yeah, you I mean monthly comics is like a challenge in that way like with the uh, with the monthly stuff I follow that isn't on the podcast, like I'm not exactly sure I remember what happens in Avengers right now because like that is like reading that month to month and not like having a reason to reread them is like you you get you get lost way easier in that. Yeah, I had to reread the second issue of. The Ultimate Invasion before I could read the mm. third one because I had no clue what had happened in there. Did I? I, I was like, did I? In even my read this memory, one? like barely anything happened in the second issue. Well, that was the thing, right? It seemed like a yeah. lot happened when the third one started, and that's why I went back because I was like, I definitely must have missed something, but I really no. hadn't. No, I mean that's that's gonna wrap up. If we weren't like in the middle of like a ton of other uh, X Men stuff, like I don't think we'll have uh, like Gods is gonna come out the same week as like X Men and the Immortal X Men are coming out, so it's like I don't think we're gonna be talking about like the Hickman stuff like a lot unless it really ends up having a huge effect on the entire Marvel universe, which, who knows? Maybe it will. Yeah, we'll see. But next week we'll be talking about... We're going weekly for a little bit. Yeah, I think, like, next week, definitely, and after that, maybe we can do... uh, We can skip a week again, because... Seven issues could be manageable. Nine was gonna be too much. Yeah. Nine is definitely way too much i'm glad we're doing it this way but we'll be talking about wolverine 37 uncanny spider-man one whoop whoop 
Uncanny Avengers 2, Dark Matrix Men 2, <laughs> Alpha Flight 2. That's gonna be exciting. We'll see if Puck's gonna do is gonna do any actual rubber powers. Puck, Puck, <laughs> maybe he'll Puck. get smaller. You never Ooh. know. He was. We didn't. We didn't follow up on this when we talked about this. But after that, I read like more into it, and like apparently John Byrne just like made him up because he had a friend who was small and when he later learns that they gave him a backstory where he was shrank down he was like as far as I know my friend uh, who I based him on like wasn't possessed by demons and became shrank down yeah it's such a lame backstory like he should just be small I'm okay if he's still made of rubber somehow though <laughs> yeah this has been hated and feared do you guys want to tell people where they could find you on the internet? No. No. Yeah, me neither. My name's Nick. That was Janos and Kiwi. Holly had to miss this week, but we definitely missed her on the pod. And our intro song is Welcome to My Island by Caroline Polachek. Who definitely knows about this. <laughs> who definitely knows about it it's in writing maybe and we're part of the good episode productions please rate us on apple podcasts tell your ex-friends about us and thank you for listening to hated and feared that's all i've got resist resist Resist. Get out of my house! Exodus!